one. I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports for the first show of the semester. So Woo. a lot has happened since we've been gone. You know, about all the bowl games, NFL season ended as playoffs came in and entered. Ooh. And mid-seat, we're halfway through the NBA season as of yesterday. So with that being said, let's get started. First, men's basketball, you know, they started out 3-7 and seven. So before Christmas break. During Christmas break, they won five of their last seven games yep and are now eight and nine including three conference wins including upsetting the number two team in the big south liberty they beat campbell and high point they lost to longwood being their only conference loss and they beat hampton and destroyed tacoa falls over break as well so with that being said they are led by players david effiani leads the team 17.4 points per game three assists one steal per game and liam Right behind it with 14 points. Leads the team in assists with five. And DJ Lasseter with 14 points following behind them. As well as Patrick Zek, who leads the team in blocks with 12 total blocks. And, in fact, here's a fun fact. DJ and Zek are tied an average, and the average leading the team in rebounds, 5.9 for both of them. Those are some uh, pretty amazing stats, I'm not going to lie. Those are. So, Will, let's talk about it here. They're set to take on Radford, the number one team in the Big South Conference. Let's talk about Gardner-Webb before we get into the Radford game. All what right. are your thoughts on this, Will? Well, at first, I thought they were going to be struggling ever since, uh, you know, because uh, of the, not not only because of this challenging schedule, but because uh, of the, the losses of Tyrell Nelson and uh, LaQuincy Rideau. Um, but I think that ever since uh, break, they have uh, improved uh, greatly uh, because they knocked off Liberty uh, he, in overtime, too, I think. Yes, 58 um, by three. As by three. Um, uh, and for them to win, what, four games in a row? Mm-hmm. That's definitely a sign of an uh, improvement. Uh, um, uh, but the loss to Longwood is kind of a b- big uh, deal because uh, they were really ranked low within all the NCAA. Yeah, you're right. And they're one in three in the conference, Longwood is. So that just a lo- bad loss, but they've picked it back up and... They take on for undefeated Radford, 4-0 in the conference. They're 11-6 overall. Here's the thing, though, about Radford. They are 4-6 away when playing away, 5-0 at home. Gardner-Webb is 6-0 at home so far. So, an undefeated streak at home for Gardner-Webb on the line. Radford wants to improve their away streak, but it's going to be tough. I mean, Gardner-Webb tied with Liberty with this win. Because they beat Liberty, and if they beat Radford, that would put Gardner-Webb in first place over both of them. So this is a huge game for Gardner-Webb here tonight. So, Will, let's talk about it. Can the Bulldogs beat the number one team in the Big South here? All right. So last time uh, the Dogs uh, played Radford, they won. The last time uh, they played the number one team in the Big South, which was UNC Asheville, they won. So, obviously, they know what they're getting themselves into. Radford is a definitely familiar opponent, and they know what it's like to have their back against the, the wall when they're playing the number one team in the conference. I overall think they can, but I think it's not going to be easy. Oh, definitely not. And, you know, Radford actually, on a six-game winning streak, is leads the Big South in rebounds per game, as well as of holding their opponents to a certain amount of points in the Big South. With that, Gardner-Webb, though, I mean, they've really stepped it up, and if they keep this win streak up, I see something big here in their future. Maybe even an NCAA tournament appearance oh, if they I were to win the so. conference. I hope so. Because look at Winthrop and UNC Asheville, two of the leaders from last year. 
Winthrop, seven and eight, one and three in the conference in Asheville, two and two in the conference, nine and eight, struggling big time there. So we um talking about Radford though, their two main guys to watch out for are Ed Polite Jr. Literally his last name is Polite. Or it might be Politi. I find it polite. Maybe he's just very polite. So that's why he's got it. <laughs> he averages 8.1 rebounds as well as 13.8 points in a game and leads the team in assists with 2.4 assists. Fo- following him is Carlick Jones. Carlick, literally. With Car- 11. Carlick, okay. 11.5 points per game. Leads the team in rebounds with 42. So, with that being said, just a few guys to watch out for. All right, so. How do we play, step up on defense? Gardner-Webb has really stepped up on defense, as a matter of fact. Yes. So how do you stop a team like Radford? And how do you – they also need to score more. You know, they've, the games they won, they only scored 58 against Liberty, 62 against High Point. Yes, they scored 82 against Campbell in, in a game they won by two, 82 to 80. So how do you beat Radford, number one, in holding their Yeah, I opponents? feel like uh, scoring is also a, a bit of a down to fall because uh, – they attack the rim way too much. Uh, that uh, would cause them to be down early on against High Point, seven to nothing, and I think it was down. They're then uh, down nine to nothing. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, also, uh, their shots have improved. Um, uh, defense-wise, they just need to uh, keep keep them in the paint. Uh, Lasan, he has uh, been doing uh, better than before. Yeah. Uh, and with uh, Patrick Zek, uh, that's a slight improvement. But I kind, but I'm going to sound a little bit crazy here, but I kind of want to see what they do with their new center act on. Yes, I, I kind of want to see that too. And you know, Zek has actually done a very good job. Yes, absolutely. And you know, this we got two tall people now. If Lasan, if he wants to do well, he has to be hardcore. He is soft in the paint. No offense to him, I love him, but he is soft. He yes. needs to be hard. He needs to be aggressive. If you foul, that's fine, but you need to be aggressive and get the rebounds, you know. And DJ and Patrick, as long as they have a good night. And also, talking about Gardner-Webb, though, I mean, they have the games they've won on their win streak, two of them, no, three of them were very close games. Three, They won by three against Liberty, one point against Hampton, 80-79, to 79, and like I said earlier, two point against Campbell. I think it'll be that way again tonight. I think Gardner-Webb wins it. And then they would tie with Liberty and Radford for first place. So a huge one here. But men's basketball isn't the only one who's been on a streak. The women, who are actually more, have done very well this season. They're 12-3 and three on the season. And they are right now they're third place in the conference as well. They lost to High Point, however. That was their only lost conference. Now here's what the, where it um, really gets interesting. Okay, so they take on the second-place team in the Big South for women's. Liberty, 3-0 and in the conference right now. They're 8-7. and seven. They are two and five away, the Liberty women, while Gardner Webb women eight and one at home. So let's talk about this. Will we talk about two um, of these girls on our on the women's team? The women are better than ever compared to last year. They are killing it. Yes. Led by seniors Tierra Huntsman with 17.3 points per game, 6.4 rebounds a game, which she leads the team in, and she leads the team in steals with 2.4 steals. Alexis right behind her, 15 points per game, 5.1 points per game, and 2.2 as well, and. The interesting part about that is that they have two people, um, Kayesha Stanford, who leads the team with a total of 42 assists, averaging three a game. And don't forget Celia Tibbs, who has 28 total blocks on the year. Gardner-Webb women lead the conference in total defense. They take on a team who leads the conference in offense. 
Can they beat? Can they rebound and beat the number two team since they lost to High Point already, who's number one for women right now? Well, you obviously can't let this one loss to get to you. Yes, it's going to be uh, tough, but the main thing is that you uh, shake it off and just uh, focus on uh, what's what's in front of you. And uh, right now, that is uh, Liberty. And right now, the, like you said, their defense. Uh, the top in the Big South, uh, if I heard that correct? Yes, Gardner-Webb women's defense has been top in the South. Because they keep that up. Uh, they're going to keep uh, Liberty on their toes. And, you know, this is huge. What they this Liberty is a rival. This is our Gardner-Webb's biggest rival right. for every sport. So they there's a lot to do in order to beat their rival. It's not going to be easy. Can they do it? I think they could. But just uh, what if, what if, what has been your impression with the women, though? 12 and 3. Hmm. I've overall been uh, super impressed because last year it was the men's basketball team that was doing really well, yeah. and, they, and they still are doing well, uh, but it was uh, the women's basketball team that was struggling the most, uh, yeah. and uh, I don't know what happened, uh, but uh, they've uh, greatly improved uh, during the off season. Big time, you know, and uh, when you've watched them, you know, we I saw the, one of their losses to Central Florida, and then I saw their win the other day against Longwood and it was just they were they looked in very very impressive I was very impressed what I saw more than four girls despite you see four girls killing it on stats it's more than that including the twins dominating as well so this is going to be a big game but I think our new women if they play their cards right they could win this one let's go into college football now all right so we know what the bowl games took place now national championship Alabama on Monday made a comeback after being down 20 to 7 to win in overtime over Georgia 26 to 23 Alabama under Nick Saban has now won 5 national championships so let's talk about this story will let's get your impression of the national championship we watched it both together yes we did the curse of the Atlanta Falcons cuz they played against uh, at the Atlanta Falcons stadium okay uh, i'm, I'm <laughs> not going to say the, uh, just because of that i know i'm playing yeah but not only did Georgia blow a big lead uh, in the in, the, in uh, the Falcon Stadium in the national championship, but it was also in a place where they practically had home field advantage in. Yeah, exactly. They lived literally 45 minutes away from the stadium. Athens, Georgia is 45 minutes from Atlanta. Uh, but this had to have been one of the most exciting uh, college football games I've ever seen. No, I agree. Not just uh, not not just in the national championship, but just uh, overall. Yeah, compared to Clemson, Alabama, which was pretty good. You know the. Georgia really played their Georgia they started out so well in the first half their defense you could tell they were tired Jake from Nick Saban said something because the Alabama's defense came out and Jake from did not score at all in fact Georgia scored three points total in the second half compared to the 20 they scored in the first and you know he benched his starting quarterback Jalen Hurts after he went three for eight for 21 passing yards just wasn't doing well so Saban puts in the freshman QB Tua Tagovalia, who helped bring the tide back in this game, and eventually in it with a pass to freshman wide receiver Devontae Smith, 41 yards on second down to 26 for the leading touchdown score. Tua's stats was 14 for 24, 166 yards, three touchdown passes, and one interception. And the funny thing is, people are saying he's going to win the Heisman next year, his sophomore year. Hmm. Drake Frum, they said Jake Frum will also be a Heisman candidate. In the championship game, he was 16 for 32, 232 passing yards, a touchdown pass, and two picks. And the Georgia's duo running back stats, Sony Michelle, 14 carries for 98 yards. Nick Chubb, however, got only 28 yards on 18 carries, so Alabama's defense knew how to stop Chubb. 
What were your thoughts on this game? And is Alabama the best college football dynasty to ever live? Well, like I said before, uh, um, this was easily one of the most exciting uh, college football games I've ever seen. Um, uh, cause, uh, just when it looked like, uh, Georgia was going to blow out, uh, the team that many people consider to be the New England Patriots of yeah. college football. Yeah. Only for them to, uh, come back and win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. With that being said, yes, I do think Alabama is the best, uh, college football dynasty, and I you will go, and I will say this, that Nick Saban will go down as one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. He's one championship away from tying Bear Bryant, a former head coach of Alabama who led him to six titles back in the 70s and eight, and close to the 80s. And this man was amazing. Saban, when asked, Saban says, I'm nowhere close to being Bear Bryant. But I think you are, man. I mean, look at what you've done. Well, he is humble, saying that he's not uh, better than... You're right. Who, ...who many people consider to be the best Alabama coach. Definitely. Honestly, to me, Alabama being the best, when you look at it, yes, they're probably the best college football dynasty. But you have to remember, after Bear Bryant left, retired, Alabama fell off in college football. And it wasn't until they hired Nick Saban that they started being ranked again. They were ranked once after Bear Bryant's um, and before Nick Saban in college football. And that was back in the 92, 1992. They were under the wall. And then Nick Saban lit, leads LSU to a championship. Goes to the NFL, doesn't do well, comes back. Alabama hires him. Look what he's done there. So much progress has been made by him. So with that being said, going to the NBA now. LeBron and Steph Curry are new leaders in the all-star voting. Recently, it was Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks who led for the East, and James Harden who led for the West. But now LeBron and Curry have come back and taken over. LeBron totaling 1,622,838 1,628 votes to pass Giannis, who has 1,480,954. Oh, wow. And Curry leads his, has passed his teammate Kevin Durant by literally 28 votes for number to be number one in all-star voting. Now, what makes this a big deal as this season for the all-star voting, Will, the one who leads the most in the East and West will be chosen as captains, and they will be allowed to pick the players in the all-star voting on who they want on their team. So it's like a draft, like kind of how NFL took Jerry Rice and Michael Irving and they would draft for NFL Pro Bowl. It's like this, only it's the main leaders of the NBA season who get number one in the all-star votes who will be the captain. So with that being said, you look at the you look at who's up here, a lot of great players. Well, let's talk about this for a minute. All right. How does Le compared to what Giannis has done and compared to LeBron, do you think LeBron deserves to have this number one spot over Giannis? And you know, Giannis even said he would pick up LeBron if he got number one, and LeBron said he would pick up Giannis if he were to win as captain. Well, that is definitely saying something, considering they both come from the same division. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, as much as I think LeBron is a great player, I honestly think it probably would have been best if we had uh, a new cap, if we seen uh, somebody new lead the, the Eastern Conference. I can agree with you on that one, yeah, definitely. When I think about this, I mean... I'm all-star voting to me, and people don't take it seriously. I mean, but you still see, like, the dunk competitions are great, three-point contest skills, right. and then the all-star game, you usually see over 100 points scored because it's all these stars. I mean... No, I kind of... This is going to sound like a weird comparison, and yeah. I actually talked to my dad about this. He uh -huh. says it's very accurate. I compare uh, the NBA all-star game to the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> nothing, but, nothing but trick shots, alley-oops, and... Uh, 
huge slam dunks. It's uh, <laughs> just uh, overall everywhere. Because it doesn't hurt you hurt you at all, whether you win or lose or no, not. No, exactly. <laughs> You're out there to impress the fans, basically. But it's a big deal because it no, because if you get voted into All-Star, it says something about you as a player in the NBA. Oh, definitely. So, with that being said, media has been all over LeBron. First off, there were rumors that LeBron was planning on retiring after this year. LeBron shut it down immediately, saying he wants to play until his son is an NBA prospect. His son is in middle school right now on his way to high school. So about four years until LeBron's retirement, I guess. So with that being – or mm. actually, depending on college, he'd probably do a if year of college. If he does go to college. He would, have, he would have to. Let's remember, LeBron went right into the NBA out of high school. But remember, there was no one-and-done rule. The yeah, one-and-done rule create make, makes players have to at least have one year of – college basketball before they go to the draft. I mean, otherwise, Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony would have gone to Syracuse and Texas. They would have gone right to the draft. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, though, I mean, so five years left for LeBron? (laughs) (laughs) He's never going to (laughs) retire. I guess. I mean, honestly, it would be all over the news, and it would be a sad day to see one of the greatest of all time in history to go down. But sadly, though, one of the, the greatest of all time, struggled yesterday as the Cavs were demolished by the Raptors 133 to 99 yesterday now looking at the stats LeBron 26 points 9 for 16 field goals but here's what's crazy though the last two games including this one Love Kevin Love has shot 3 for 11 in the last two games he had 10 points with 2 for 8 in shooting 9 rebounds but Isaiah Thomas 2 for 15 in shooting Oh, for six and three-point shooting in this game. Four points for Thomas. But the Raptors, let me tell you, including off the bench, the point guard, Fred Van Vellet, literally. That's his last name. Okay. The one-year veteran out of Wichita State had 22 points, while DeMar had 13 points and eight assists. And here's the crazy part. Raptors do not have Ibaka, who was suspended due to a fight he got into, and Kyle Lowry, who was injured with a knee injury. So... You're talking about two good players here. They only had one of their stars, and yet they managed to beat the Cavs. LeBron went crazy saying that the defense needs to step up better. So people are now blaming this on LeBron. The question is, two questions here, Will. Are the Raptors the only ones in the East that could beat Cleveland and Boston? And could you really blame this loss on LeBron when it felt like he was the only one really playing out there? Um, Well, despite the injuries... uh that the Raptors uh, got. Yeah. Something that I've learned is that when plan A fails, always have a plan B. Yes. And sure enough, uh, the Raptors seem to have had that plan B, and it worked to perfection. Yeah. And they were actually first in the conference uh, for a short time. Yeah, they were. And, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I really think the Raptors, once they get Kyle Lowry back in surge... We're going to see them as a heavyweight contender for the NBA championship. I mean, and uh, if you could blame uh, the loss on LeBron, not necessarily because he was putting his all into it, like he does every single game he's in. Yeah, he would average exactly. over 20, maybe close to 30 points per game. That uh, proves that he's uh, putting in more effort than easily all the guys on the team. And it's sad. You, LeBron expects this hate because when. It's true that when you are a player, no matter where you are, you're going to get hate no matter what. And LeBron seems to get a lot of it. You can't blame this. I mean, the Cavs, they cannot play defense. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, how do you shoot 15 shots? Make only two of them. Doesn't that tell you, hey, I need to stop shooting if I'm not making them? 
And you want to say he's better than Kyrie Irving? Isaiah Thomas is nothing compared to Kyrie, in my opinion. And the fact that people have tried to spread rumors that LeBron and Kyrie got into this big fight and LeBron chased Kyrie out is not true at all. And I'm, it's getting upsetting how they're trying to start rumors, trying to get LeBron into, like, people to see him as this bad guy. And, you know, this, the Cavs really need work. I mean, for the first time, we've seen the Cavs, at, before midseason, lose more than 10 games. This is not like them. Dwayne Wade, who came in off for the offseason, probably going to retire after this. I mean, the man has struggled this season when they thought he was going to be a threat. Derrick Rose, being injured left to right, still wants to play at 33 years old, but he keeps getting injured. So with that, a lot of problems with the Cavs they need to work out on, and they know they need to work on it. They've still got a lot to do. But like I said, don't bl you can't blame LeBron for this loss when he was the one putting effort. I mean, No, of course not. It, yes, maybe he should be part of the team fault, but the whole team, it's the whole team's fault. And for, lastly, LeVar, oh wait, not lastly, but you know I mean, LeVar Ball mm. says it doesn't take much to be better than Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Kobe Bryant. Mm. And Cross's media has to once again run in his mouth. Agree or disagree, Will? This is... Well, <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to think oh, yeah. on this. Um, to be better than Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant, three of arguably the best players uh, in NBA history... They belong on the Mount Rushmore of NBA uh, <laughs> players. Uh, oh yeah! If we ha if we can make room for every all the great players, definitely. Um, I think the main thing uh, to uh, be better than them is to be an outstanding leader. Oh yeah! Because uh, Michael Jordan didn't just uh, 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 become one of the great arguably the greatest NBA player of all time uh, by scoring a bunch of points. No, he. He was a good leader. He willed his team to a victory. He even played through a flu to help the Bulls win the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. And uh, LeBron uh, James, he when uh, the Cavs were down three games to one against the Warriors, he willed uh, the Cavaliers back into, and they ended up winning uh, the NBA Finals. Kobe Bryant, he ended up winning a couple titles of his own, uh, one with being Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. It's three with Shaquille O'Neal, as a matter of fact. And arguably, I don't. Lavar's just in it to run his mouth. Honestly, it's about time we pay no attention to him. He needs to just stay overseas with his other two sons. I mean, Lavar's just run his mouth. I mean, let's let's talk about this. Michael Jordan. It takes you all. You have to do is win one championship to be better than Michael Jordan. The man, Michael Jordan, won six NBA titles. So basically, you're saying all it takes is one to beat Bill Russell, who won twelve championships with the no, Celtics. No, never. You want to talk about Jordan's stats? Thirty-one points. One game, oh, wow, 31.1 points per game in his career. Six rings. And they talk about he doesn't want to pass the ball. 5.3 assists in his career. Let's talk about Kobe, 25 points per game. It went from 28 to 25 because of the two years he was injured. And he has five rings. LeBron has three in his pocket. He's well on his way to getting three more if he um, continues to play as well as he's playing right now. So it takes one championship. So you're telling me Stephen Curry... Because he won a championship is better than LeBron James, <coughs> Michael Jordan. Are you kidding me? Well, Stephen Curry is definitely a phenomenal player. Oh, Don't get me wrong. Of course, uh, and he's on his way to being a Hall of Famer for sure. But one championship doesn't make you better than Kobe or LeBron or Jordan. No, if you win uh, a championship, then it'll look great on your NBA Hall of Fame resume uh, or your basketball Hall of Fame resume. But that doesn't automatically mean that you're above everybody else. That's like uh, saying, um, "Oh, I won." Uh, this big uh, game, that means uh, I'm better than everybody else. 
Yes, I mean, it, it just, LeVar, we just need to stop giving the mic to LeVar Ball. I mean, seriously, if you keep doing that, they're just, ESPN does it for views, and even ESPN Comcasters will tell you they need to stop giving mics. Stephen A. Smith hates the dude. They've gotten into two fights, may I remind you. It's just, we just, my opinion, just don't give them the mic. And lastly, before we move on, in the NBA, first half of the NBA season, now over. Just 46 games left for most teams. So, Will, let's talk about who is are the teams looking good to you right as of right now? Um, well, the team I think that has been the biggest surprise is the Toronto Raptors uh, because they were just a wild card uh, team when it first uh, from last uh, season. And while they did exceptionally well, they weren't quite uh, finals good. But here, they can actually be a threat to win oh, the, yeah. the East. Uh, like what we talked about before, uh, are they the only team in the East that can beat uh, the ca the Cavs and the Celtics? My guess is more than likely. Yeah. Um, and the Bucks have been improving as well. Jason Kidd proving he can be a good coach. Oh yeah. Um, I say that the two teams that uh, need to work uh, the most, uh, well, actually there are three teams. First off is Brooklyn. Uh, they need a star player uh, and they need a good coach uh, to. Get them on the right track. They need a face to run uh, this oh, yeah. uh, organization. Next is the Hawks. And now, they have been uh, kind of uh, a hot mess uh, this whole season. Yeah, they have. Um, but I think uh, that if they uh, uh, you know, put put the pieces in the right uh, area, then I think they might uh, be able to work their way up uh, to back to the playoffs probably next season. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that one, actually. And La Lastly, we have the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. Now, yeah, I have mixed feelings about uh, the Mavericks. Yeah. I do like them, but uh, they're rivals with the Spurs. <laughs> but I'm uh, going to be unbiased here. Um, and Dirk Nowitzki, as much as I admire his talent, he is getting kind of old. We don't know how much uh, time he has left. Yeah. Um, overall, I just think uh, that uh, once Dirk leaves, the Mavericks are going to have to find a new face of the organization. And I agree with you. That's actually one of my teams as well. Mavericks, Dennis Smith Jr. from NC State has been exceptional. Well, Dirk finally has a buddy he can that can help him with shooting-wise. And when Dirk leaves, the Mavericks need to build this team. Honestly, if you want to give Dirk at least another ring before he retires, which Dirk probably has two or three years left. Yeah. You need to build immediately. You need to get at least three draft picks, and you need to do well over the offseason. Another team that's close but still needs a little help, the Orlando Magic. I'm calling doing it differently. I decided to do different teams compared to yours, so that way we're okay. not talking about the same thing. Right. The Magic started out second place when in the first eight games of the Eastern Conference. Since then, they have only won four games, and they have a total of 30 losses now. 12 and 30. Still a lot of work to be done. They have somewhat they have decent players they do if they can get a star in there not to mention a couple of good draft picks i think orlando could see a, a ring in the next five years at least with that being said and the brooklyn nets like you said but i'm gonna move on since you mentioned that and talk about the pacers yes they're 21 okay. they're 21 and 20 still need a lot of work though i mean lance stevenson's your only ta star talent you have there you need to help you need help out especially since their defense is not done well since paul george left the pacers defense went from number 10 it's number 21 in the league. And finally, I think the Lakers need to keep... They've found a good process they can work with. They need to get a star. And if rumors are true, if they are really talking to Paul George and they're really trying to get Blake Griffin, then good. And then get some draft picks to help Lonzo out. You can't 
put all this pressure on Lonzo Ball, a rookie. With that being said, the teams that have done well to me, though, the Sixers, you know where they were last year around they, this time? They were, like, uh, near the bottom. Last place. Look at where they are now. They are number nine in the East Conference, 19 and 20. They're not tanking this year. Nope. Another team, the Rockets, who were in first place for a while. They're only two games behind the Boston Celtics. They have been exceptional. It's James Harden having an MVP type of season. And finally, to me, the Pelicans get work by work. They've really improved. They're 20 and 20, yes. They have a chance to still change. I mean, they if, all they need to win is at least, what, 15 games, and you should be good to go? Uh, probably. To at least get, like, number eight, which they have right now if they want to keep it. They've got the Clippers on their tail, though. They need to win. With that being said, it's time for picks. The Warriors, 33 and 9. Kevin Durant, led by Kevin Durant, take on Giannis and the Bucks, who are 22 and 18. Who wins this one tonight, Will? Bucks are going to have uh, their uh, work cut out for them. Uh, Warriors have been the hot team, as they have uh, always been. Um, when they were struggling, then I'd say uh, the Bucks might have a chance. But since they seem to be at full strength, uh, then they're going to show no mercy. I'm going to go with Golden State. I, I am too. I'm going to go with Golden State. It's going to be a close one, though. Giannis, I project, will have 29 points. He'll have a double-double. But I think the Warriors win it in the end. Trailblazers, 22-19, and 19, leading against, taking on the Pelicans tonight, who are 20-20, and 20, fighting for playoff spots. As we're past that first half of the season. Who wins this one, Will? Ooh, wow. Um, uh, this is uh, kind of a tough one. Um, like you said, the Pelicans have been improving as of uh, late. Uh, um, they're somewhat of a new franchise. Yeah. Um, uh, they have 110 points per game. Uh, Pelicans' last uh, five games, they lost three of them. Yeah. Portland, they won three of their last uh, five games. Uh, I think I shall go with the Trailblazers in this one. I'm going to go with the Pelicans in an upset. It's going to be a close one here, and the Blazers will be up to, at the end of half at halftime. But the Pelicans work their way and come back. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins will have a good games tonight. Going to college basketball now. This season has been a very interesting season. In fact, since week seven, no one has stayed at number one for more than two weeks in the last month. And up to this point, like you had Duke, who was number one at one point, lost to Boston College, Villanova, lost to Butler when they were number one, Michigan State lost to Ohio State last week when they were number one. Villanova's taken the number one spot back, but they still got a way just to go. With that being said, halfway through the season, Team Will, which teams have impressed you the most so far? Teams that we wouldn't really usually see on the up on their game. Hmm. Well, I I say that the uh, the team that is uh, one of the teams that has impressed me the most was West Virginia because who would have expected them to be number two in the nation? I know, especially after that loss to Texas A&M to start the season. Thirteen straight wins now for West Virginia. Let's see. I think I'm gonna go with two teams on this one. Okay. I was going to say West Virginia. Well, like you said, they've been very impressive. And who would have thought they would have been number two? I would never would have. Clemson is one of my picks. Yeah, you got upset by NC State, who has upset three ranked teams. That's another impressive team right there. But Clemson, you usually see them great in football, but they've come into basketball. They are 14-2 and two right now. They are very impressive. And they've still got to play UNC. They still have to play Duke. And they still have to play Florida State. They play Miami this Saturday, so that'll be a big test. Next on my list, number 24, Tennessee. 
Tennessee has been winning left to right. No one would have expected Tennessee to even be ranked like they are right now. And even the Big 12 is probably the best conference. Nobody in the Big 12 has a losing record right now. Nobody in the Big 12. How that I can has, think of. And right now, the most surprising, other than um, West Virginia, Texas Tech men's basketball. Number eight in the nation. Who would have thought Texas Tech number to be number eight in the nation? No, I me, sure didn't. No, me neither. Texas yesterday upset TCU in two overtimes and dedicated it to their teammate last week, Andrew Jones, who is on the who's the guard for Texas, was diagnosed with leukemia. What do you think about this story and this Texas with the way they have played well? Do they have a big chance to get into the NCAA tournament? Um, uh, they definitely have something uh, actually worth uh, playing for. This is kind of like how Louisville was playing uh, for uh, Kevin Ware when he had a a, a career-ending injury uh, yeah. that one year. Um, so this is uh, very similar. Only this uh, is actually life-threatening. Yes. Um. Uh, so I say that Texas definitely has uh, a chance if they uh, keep playing their cards right and if they keep uh, playing their hearts out. Andrew. Another, they have another guy named Andrew at the center who has done well. Leads the team in scoring, rebounds, has done well. And, you know, this big guy, Bamba, they got from Africa. Leads the team in blocks. Blocked seven shots against TCU. Has been amazing. This is a very, very emotional story. In fact, as soon as the final horn sounded, tears welled into the Texas coach Shaka Smart's eyes. And according to him, we got some real help from someone when the ball didn't go in. Our guys really wanted to win for Andrew. He's the one that keeps that's been on our minds and on our hearts, and I'm very proud of the way we fought. I hope Drew's listening right now, and I hope he knows that we love him. Very emotional story, a lot. Definitely prayers to Andrew Jones and the family. Cancer is no joke. No. Takes a lot of lives every year, and it's the number one killer in the world, as a matter of fact. Going on to basketball picks now. Michigan. This is a rivalry game between Michigan, fifth, 14 and four, three and two in the Big Ten. Takes on number four, Michigan State, hoping to bounce back from that loss to Ohio State. Who wins this one, Will? Well, Michigan is going to have to uh, get this uh, loss uh, from Purdue off uh, their minds. They lost by one point in their oh, last yeah. uh, game. Uh, I think that's going to uh, distract them a little bit. Uh, they have a 14% uh, chance of uh, in a victory, and uh, I think uh, uh, the uh, Michigan State uh, is going to dominate. Uh, they have... Uh, 63 points against. Uh, I think MSU wins this one. I must take Michigan State as well. Just because I think it'll be a very close one. Michigan, like you said, distracted after that one-point loss to Purdue. Michigan State wants revenge after losing to Ohio State. They want that number one spot back. So I think in the end, Michigan State wins it by five. Number five, Purdue survived against Michigan. Now they got to take on another tough conference foe. Minnesota, 13-5. and five. Yes, they are 2-3 and three in the conference, but they put a lot of damage into the Big Ten. Purdue undefeated in the Big Ten. Who wins this one, Will? I'm going to go with Purdue. They've won five games in a row, and I say they're going to make it to six. Considering that they've made put up 85 points per game and won 12 games in a row, uh, yeah. I, I say their streak only continues. I'm going to go with the Boilermakers. I'm going to go with that as well with the same facts that you provided. Kansas State, 12-4, takes on number 12, Kansas, who's been up and down this season, surprisingly. They're 13-3. They hope to beat their rivals, though, with the Wildcats. Who wins, Will? Wildcats or Jayhawks? Um, hmm. I kind of want to flip a coin on this one. I'm just yeah. kidding. I, gotta, uh, I, th I, I shall go with the, the uh, Jayhawks on this one. They have 86 points per game, and their field goal percentage is 51%, so they're above average. Yeah. 
Um, 37 rebounds uh, per game, uh, 18 assists, and uh, 7 steals. They've won uh, their last two games. Uh, I think uh, they could act. I keep saying that they're going to be a threat uh, to win the national championship. Maybe not this year, but uh, I actually think they uh, could get close. I'll go with the Jayhawks. This is going to be a nail-biter here. The Big 12 is the most competitive conference as we speak right now, next to the ACC as well. You want to talk about these two teams, Kansas State, impressive this season. Kansas, not living to up to expectations at the moment, but there's still a lot of time left, a lot of games to be played. I think Kansas wins this one. I'm going with Kansas in this one. Another Big 12 matchup, number 16 TCU, suffering the loss to Texas. Takes on number 9, Oklahoma, 13-2. Now, TCU desperately needs a win. They are 1-3 in the conference, while Oklahoma is vice versa, 3-1. Hmm. Who wins this one, Will? Hmm. TCU is going to have to uh, work hard. Uh, they've lost two straight games, <coughs> uh, one to te Kansas and the other one to Texas in double overtime like we just went over. Meanwhile, uh, for Oklahoma, they've won four of the last uh, five games. Uh, they allow 93 points uh, per game. Uh, and uh, their field goal percentage being uh, 49%. I think that's going to be a little bit tough. But TCU's uh, field goal percentage is 50%. Uh, yeah. The, the stats uh, don't lie. I think I'll show go with the Horn Frogs in an upset. I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs in an upset, too. You want to talk about Oklahoma and their star player, Trey Young, voted to win the Naismith. But you want to talk about how inconsistent Oklahoma is in games. One day, they blow out a team. Next thing you know, they have to literally reach with their with their thumb extended to win games. I'm going to go with TCU in an upset. They've been impressive this season. Former Big 12 um, to a team, Texas A&M, after losing to Kentucky by two on Tuesday, they are 0-4 in the SEC, no longer ranked. They take on ranked number 24, Tennessee, which I was just talking about. Right. Who wins, Will? Ooh, I think this might actually uh, go into overtime. Uh, however, Texas A&M lost four straight games, uh, and that's going to hurt them uh, big time. Meanwhile, uh, t Tennessee, the last game was a big win against uh, Vanderbilt, and they even won against Kentucky, too. So I think that definitely puts them on the map. I actually think I should go with the Volunteers in this one. I'm going to go with the Volunteers. Expect Texas A&M to go 0-5 in the conference. Two falling teams to number 20, UNC, 13-4. Takes on Notre Dame, who is also 13-4. These two teams have to fight if they want to stay alive in the ACC because these two teams were, in, were the top three, are now in the top seven. Who wins this one, Will? Um, this is all about a battle of who wants it more, obviously. Yes. And looking at the stats, they seem pretty much even. Uh, but I say the team that uh, needs us to win more is North Carolina, because if they want to continue this basketball dynasty, they're going to have to uh, keep uh, putting up more wins uh, on, on, uh, in their win column. Uh, I say the Tar Heels will win this one. I think the Tar Heels win it, too. And, you know, you can't, even if they do have a bad season, nothing, it can't affect their dynasty, especially the one that they've created over the years. But UNC desperately needs this, so does Notre Dame, but I think UNC wants it more. Otherwise, Roy Williams will break another clipboard. Hmm. UNC wins this one. Number 22, Auburn. Been very impressive. They're 15-1, 3-0 in the SEC. They take on Mississippi State, who has also been pretty good. They're 13-3. Who wins this one, Will? Auburn has won 13 games in a row. You can't take that away from them. Meanwhile, Mississippi State, they've lost uh, their last uh, two games. The uh, last one being against uh, Florida, 71-54. to That's going to, to hurt them big time. I shall go with Auburn in this one. I'm going to go with Auburn. Auburn's defense has been exceptional. And when you talk about a struggling team like Mississippi State started out well, it's going to be hard for them to face an opponent like Auburn. I think Auburn wins it in the end. Two great ACC teams. Number 18, Miami, 13-2. 
takes on number 19, Clemson, 14-2, and two, after losing to State by one yes, last night. Who wins this one, Will? Now, whenever you uh, lose a very big game, well, not a very big game, but a very close game, that definitely takes your mind off of uh, everything. Uh, and uh, for Clemson, that's going to be a bit distracting. Meanwhile, I was going to uh, take advantage. Uh, I say the Hurricanes will win this one. I'm going to go with Clemson. They want they want to they're gonna, they're mad because they lost to NC State when they were expected to win. They're facing a tough conference foe, however. Miami is a really good team. But it's at Clemson and Clemson does well when they're at Clemson. I've got Clemson winning this one. Syracuse 12 and 5 takes on number 23 Florida State, another team that has surprised people in the ACC. Who wins this one, Will? Uh, both teams have been struggling. Syracuse lost three games in a row. Florida State lost two games in a row. Uh, they're trying to recover here, um, but I think the Syracuse will knock off the Knolls. Ooh, I'm going to go with the Knolls in overtime in this game. I think that this this is a team that desperately wants it, while Syracuse still going for penalties, no chance at postseason for this year. Florida State wants it more. I think Florida State wins it. Number 25, Creighton, 14-3, 4-1 in the Big East. Takes on number 10, Xavier, who had a, an embarrassing loss to Villanova. They are 3-2 in the conference. Who wins this one, Will? Xavier trying to get back on track from that loss to Villanova. I say this is their chance to, to make an impact. I'm going to go with the Musketeers. I'm going to go with Xavier as well. I think they're going to take a big impact here. Creighton, when facing ranked teams this year, 1-2 and two right now. I think they go 1-3 and three in this situation. And then now two Big 12 teams. You would have thought Kansas and Oklahoma would have been the two, but no. Number two, West Virginia, 15 and one, takes on number eight, Texas and Texas Tech, who is 14 and two. This is America's game of the week. Two ranked teams. This is number one versus number two in the Big 12. Who wins this one, Will? I'm going to go with the West Virginia. I think their hot streak has been very impressive as of late. I think they'll only get better. Who knows? They might not just be a threat to the Big 12 championship, but maybe a threat to uh, a national championship as well. Because yeah. if South Carolina and Oregon can make the Final Four, I definitely think the Mountaineers have a chance. I'll go with them. I'm going to go with the Mountaineers as well, and I really think West Virginia is a deadly team. Texas Tech will give them a game. This is not going to be a blowout. This is going to be a close one. No, definitely not. I think at the final seconds, West Virginia makes a miracle layup, wins it by two. I'm going with West Virginia. And finally, the last topic to talk about is the NFL as the playoffs are going on. While others who didn't make the playoffs, they've been making some big deals. Like the Raiders signing John Gruden as their new head coach who leaves the ESPN Broadcasting and take Jack Del Rio's spot. As the new head coach for the Raiders, he signed a 10-year deal worth $100 million. Let's talk about this. John Gruden has had a career as an NFL coach before. He was a Raiders coach back in the day. And then he went to Tampa Bay and led them to a Super Bowl. So, Will... Who wins the who um what do you think about the, the signing of John Gruden and how big is he going to help the Raiders here now? Well, I've been looking at all of his records uh, so far when he was in the NFL as a head coach. And he's done exceptionally well. Uh but I think he probably could bring something new to the table uh, for Oakland cuz Oakland was originally the hot team in the AFC, one oh, of yeah. the hot teams. Uh and when they fell apart, that's when they realized, okay, we need to do something different. So they called in uh, John Gruden, and sure enough, he just might have a, a trick or two up his sleeve. His coaching record is 38 and 26. He's known for coaching QBs well. I mean, this is going to be huge for Derek Carr. John Gruden loved this man when he was doing draft camp, QB draft camp with him. This is huge. This is going to be exceptional. This will def this will help Derek Carr's career. This won't just help the Raiders. This will help Derek Carr's career. I think this is going to be huge. I can't wait for. I already can't wait for next season, and we're not even done with this season. 
Le'Veon Bell might sit out 2018 or retire if he is tagged by the Steelers again. At age 25 and fresh off the first team all pro season, Le'Veon is putting his own football future in question for people thinking silly reason. Steelers running back told ESPN that he's prepared to sit out a season or even retire if the franchise tagged him for the second consecutive year. Bell played on $12.1 million and projected to increase to $14.5 million next season. Now, talking about this, Bell has rushed for 321 times for over 1,000 yards and has had a total of 11 touchdowns in the 2017 season. And in fact, interesting fact here, Bell has 7,996 total yards through 62 career games, which is the most of any NFL player over that span since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger. Well, let's talk about this. Is this stupid for Le'Veon Bell to do if he is tagged or to even retire? To retire? Well, he, came, he like a lot of other uh, of the players, came to the NFL for one thing, to play football. They didn't uh, go there just to uh, sit on the bench and just cheer on uh, the team. He, he came there to be a star player, and sure enough, he became a star a player. And for him to be sat on the bench... Uh, that, he, he kind of feels like he's being disrespected here. Well, he's not being forced to sit on the bench. He's talking about if he's tagged over the offseason, he will sit. He says, I will sit during the 2018 season or I'll retire because he wants to play for the Steelers and he doesn't want to be tagged again, apparently. I think, honestly, if you have such a great career, why stop over something little as that? You're 25 years old, still young, a heavy career ahead of you. Why on earth would you retire? And why not go to a better team? Maybe you can help a team. Maybe if you go to the Patriots, you can work with Tom Brady and actually go to a Super Bowl because the Steelers are 1-4 in, in the last five games against the Patriots. With that being said, though, I mean, there's been firings going on. Seattle fired both their offensive and defensive coordinator Wednesday, while the Panthers fired their offensive coordinator and plan on hiring former Chargers head coach North Turner. How does this help Cam Newton out, Will? Yeah. Um, uh, North Turner uh, uh, seems to have been working well with Phillip Rivers, and while he doesn't seem to be the best uh, quarterback uh, Phil Rivers is uh, trying to make uh, an impact uh, and trying to make himself an exceptional one uh, and I say that uh, Norv Turner working with Cam Newton it can definitely be an improvement for this Carolina Panthers offense yeah I agree with you on that one as a matter of fact I really think that teams that um North Turner when you look at what he did yes he did a decent at chart at as a head coach of Chargers even though he got fired but if you look how he helped Philip Rivers out he's a great offensive coordinator he was with the Ravens for a while as offensive coordinator. This is a big chance for the Panthers. This will definitely help them out on offense. Bengals, however, even after expecting to fire him, they went and signed Marvin Lewis, head coach, for two years. His record with the Bengals is 125 and wins and 112 losses in the regular season. And get this, 0-7 in the playoffs. Bad choice, Will, to, to sign him to two-year deals when he chokes in the playoffs. 0-7. The numbers don't lie. Yeah. Well, yeah, the numbers don't uh, lie. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the owner sees something uh, in uh, Marvin Lewis uh, uh, that maybe we just don't uh, see. Uh, could uh, the Bengals be preparing for a big uh, breakout season? Uh, yeah. We don't know. Who knows? I mean, honestly, if I would get – I think – this extends him to two more years. He's got two more years to do something, or I would fire him after that. I mean, what's the point in keeping a coach that chokes in the playoffs, you know? You want to get further than just, oh, we made the playoffs and then losing the wild card. Lions, meanwhile, fired Jim Caldwell, and the Bears fired John Fox as well. And more news on the Patriots organization coming under fire. You know they've gotten into a lot of trouble, and there's still more news to be 
to be wrong, but how bad is this for the Patriots? I mean, let's talk about it. Spygate, when the coaches were caught going into the locker rooms of the Jet and spying on the Jets and the Steelers and to, and reporting back to Bill Belichick, which is against, which is illegal against the NFL. And then there's this deflation when they thought they needed to deflate the balls against uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who was expect who they were expected to beat. And then as a result, they got their star QB suspended for four games. And now there's been other stuff apparently going on. Patriots are in trouble here, Will. What? Let's talk about this for a minute. Obviously, as a Jets fan, you hate, you despise the Patriots. But in an unbiased situation, right. how bad does this affect him? Well, actually, this is, from what I've been hearing, uh, I've been hearing that there's been a tension going on between Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. Ooh. Uh, saying that uh, Tom Brady's not happy there and that he might retire after the season. Uh, and uh, with the possibility of Bill Belichick probably leaving the Patriots out of the season and going to an NFC team to coach. Um, uh, but these are coming from outside sources. So oh, yeah. we, can't be, uh, we can't be certain if this is actually going yeah. to happen. Uh, but should it actually be true? Then we could see the crumbling. Uh, then the the destruction of a dynasty uh, is, is it already starting. And that's kind of crazy when you think about. It. I mean, Brady was talking about playing for four more years at least, and Belichick. That would have been the last. You wouldn't have expected him to want to leave the Patriots. If that is true, more to come. We'll let you know next week as more information is given. Before we go to picking playoff picks, players set to be a free agent this upcoming season. These are the main ones. You know, Jimmy signed by the 49ers. Yep. So he's no longer available. The Redskins getting rid of Kirk Cousins. Now, let's talk about this. The Cardinals just lost Carson Palmer to retirement. Broncos have sucky quarterbacks. Yeah. Which one of these two teams would benefit signing Kirk Cousins here? Oh, obviously uh, the Broncos because they're in desperate need of a good, good quarterback. Cause they've just fallen apart ever since Peyton Manning announced his retirement. And he, he led them to a Super Bowl over the Carolina Panthers. Um, and I think uh, that uh, with... Uh, uh, cousins going to, to Denver and with their offensive coordinator, they just might be able to turn things around. I think so too, but you know, at the same time, you know, the Cardinals, instead of getting Kirk, I think Kirk can go to the Broncos. Cardinals, I w- would rely on picking a QB in the draft, starting out with fresh young talent. They need somebody. Larry Fitzgerald, this is his last year next season. He need, he hasn't, he's been to one Super Bowl, lost to the Steelers. He deserves, I think, at least one Super Bowl chance, another Super Bowl chance. Breeze is obviously going to be signed by New Orleans. New Orleans, Le'Veon said he'll retire if the Steelers get rid of him. But here's the fun part. Before we go to the playoff picks, all three Vikings QBs, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and Case Keenum, who is on fire and has led them this far to the number two seed overall, all three of them are up there. So which one do you think the Vikings will keep and which one do you think will the Vikings um, release Um, out of the three? I think uh, Case Keenum is going to be the one uh, they keep because Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford, they just haven't been uh, doing anything because uh, they've been injured. Uh, but Case Keenum, he's been carrying this whole team on his back. Oh, heck uh, yeah. And he's led them uh, to uh, the number two seed in the NFC. And uh, more than like po- a very good possibility of going to the Super Bowl in their own stadium too, might I add. Oh, yeah, definitely. Rumor has it, as a matter of fact, that Teddy Bridgewater might – retire because he's been injured for most of the time. I think you get rid of Teddy. He's been injured more than two times. I mean, this guy's coming off a torn ACL. This man had a torn MCL. This man had a ruptured Achilles. So this is this is bad. I mean, 
I wouldn't keep him. As for Sam Bradford, put him as a backup. Keep Case Keenum as a starter. You would be stupid to let this man who has led you this far to go, let him go. Two more rumors. Sammy Watkins, is after the Rams got him from the Bills this season, they don't know if they're going to keep him or not. So, Will, let's talk about this. And Malcolm Butler, rumors he could go to the Jets if the Patriots let him go. Talk about these two. Sammy Watkins, do you let him go? And what about Malcolm Butler leaving the Patriots? And if the rumor is true that the Jets want to get him, how big is this for the Jets? Uh, I think that the duo between uh, Todd Gurley and Jared Goff for the Rams is uh, definitely a huge threat, even though they did lose to the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, that... Uh, uh, Getting rid of, uh, put adding Sam, keeping Sammy Watkins around will def will just make it a triple threat. To, yeah, um, uh, they they will be one of the most high octane offenses in the NFC. Yeah, um, and if Malcolm Butler does go to the Jets, then uh, I think that it will definitely help them because they might lose some of their uh, defensive players after the season. Yeah, um, and they are considered to have one of the top defenses in the NFL. Yeah, they are. It's gonna. I think Malcolm Butler would be a good fit. As for Sammy, I would keep him if I were the Rams. I mean, he's done pretty well as a Ram than he has a Bill. Well, that being said, let's go to the playoff picks. Divisional round Saturday, number one seeded Eagles take on the number six Falcons, who upset the Rams. Who wins this one? Will Bird um, versus Bird. Fal Falcons are trying to uh, Falcons are trying to redeem themselves ever since uh, last year's humiliating Super Bowl loss against uh, the Patriots. <laughs> um, but they're gonna have to go through a big obstacle course with Philadelphia. Eagles are hungry. They really want that uh, Super Bowl. Um, I think this could uh, definitely uh, be in the, a step in the right direction. I'll go with Philadelphia. I'm going to go with Philadelphia as well. I mean, people talk about how Nick Foles isn't going to lead them anywhere, but if you look at what he's done since Carson Wentz went down, he's been a huge help to pick up the pace. And, you know, I think the Falcons, they, they are just choking left to right. You know, that was a good win for the Rams. I don't think they do it again. I think the Eagles win this one. Titans upset the Chiefs. After being down 21 to nothing, win at 22 to 21. Now they face Tom Brady and the Patriots, who have done this before. Who wins this one, Will? Titans. Uh, they're going to carry this win with the Chiefs with pride. However, they're going into a huge. They're going into a huge disadvantage here. When you go up against uh, the Patriots, it's almost like uh, you're in a completely different world. Because uh, uh, you, you look everywhere. Uh, and it's uh, just Patriots uh, everywhere. They, <laughs> their defense is almost unstoppable. Their uh, offense, what can we say about it? They're led by Tom Brady. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. My friend said if the Titans want to win, Marcus Mariota needs to throw two touchdown passes to himself again <laughs> because he threw one to himself technically against the Chiefs. Yes, he, yes, he uh, did. No DeMarco um, Murray, but let's look at Derrick Henry who had 156 rushing yards against the Chiefs. How well should Henry perform if he's going to help with this team beat? The number one team in probably the NFL. That's gonna be really uh, tough. Um, but uh, considering how well uh, the uh, uh, Titans did uh, against uh, the Chiefs, um, that definitely proves that they can hang in with the tough with the the big guys. Uh, well, they can't go down twenty-one to nothing this time. No, they can't because the Patriots are just gonna show no mercy. Oh heck no! I'm going with the Patriots on this one. Yeah, me too. Then to Sunday, number three. Jaguars, with the number one NFL defense, take on the number two offense, the Steelers. Now, this is huge. 
you have a matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Antonio Brown, who is returning. This is a big one. The Steelers, and here's the funny part. I wrote this down, actually. Where did I put it? Oh, dink on it. Uh. All right, so interesting fact. Steelers are 0-4 in the last two seasons against the Jaguars, and the Jaguars lead the series 13-11. to So the Steelers, it's kind of like when the Cowboys face the Rams and they never play well. That's the same thing for the Steelers against the Jaguars. So could the Jaguars upset the Steelers, Will, or did the Steelers go back to the AFC Championship? Who wins, Will? Uh, I think I shall go with uh, the Steelers. Um, uh, they uh, they want this to win uh, badly. They want redemption against uh, the Patriots. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and I say that uh, taking on the Jaguars, who have been a on-and-off team, because in all honesty, I don't know if the, the Jaguars could actually beat the Patriots. Uh, uh, I don't they think they could. In the, in the AFC Championship. I think that the only team that actually has a, a chance, uh, even a good chance, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I'll go with Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with an upset with the Jaguars. And the reason I say this, call me crazy, yes. Of course, Roethlisberger is not going to throw five interceptions again against the Jaguars like he did this season. Of course, Antonio Brown's going to have more than 56 receiving yards. But he's playing against Jalen Ramsey. You want to talk about the Jaguars? Blake Bortles has to step up against the Steelers' defense. It's not like the Bills' defense. And they're going to have to score more than 10 points. But I think the Jaguars, the Steelers going cocky, and the Jaguars sweep them off their feet. 17-10 to 10 in an upset, Jaguars, to me. Saint, then finally, number three, Saints. After the win against the Panthers, they take on the number two Vikings, who had the number three ranked defense, while the Saints had the number one ranked offense. Who wins this one, Will? No, no, best uh, number ranked uh, offense going up against the number two one ranked uh, defense. Uh, this is uh, almost like uh, the Super Bowl uh, that I'm in at MetLife Stadium between the Broncos and uh, the Seahawks. Yes. Only I don't think the result will be quite the same. No. Uh, I actually think this will be a very close game, but I actually think the Saints will pull off the upset in this one. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. You want to talk about how Drew Brees, he's 2-5 and five at away, 5-0 and oh at home, but they're away. I think Brees, this is going to be a big one. Now, the Vikings are a top rushing defense. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram have to have better games than they did against the Panthers. But Brees is a QB overlord. He should be on Mount, on Mount Rushmore if they had an NFL Mount Rushmore. I got the Saints in an upset. With that being said, I am TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. See you next week.